0: Hi, I'm Darren Pepperd. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. Right, everybody, welcome into the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. I am Darren Pepperd, and I'll tell you what, this week on the show, we really want to focus on the aspiring leader, you know, the person who's ready to take the leap. Now, I remember when I took that first leap, when I left the classroom and became an assistant principal, it was a pretty nerve wracking time. I did not know what to expect. I hadn't had an interview in years, so everything to do with getting prepared for that process really took a lot of time. Well, our guest today, Rob Breyer, has the answers for you. Rob wrote the book, Taking the Leap, a field guide for aspiring school leaders. And it is not just a do this and a do that book, but really gives you some great, deep background from actual leadership practitioners who have gone through that process. It is a phenomenal tool. Rob is a phenomenal individual. I'm excited for you to have an opportunity to listen to what Rob Breyer has to say today. Hey, before we get there, leaders, let me ask you a question. Have you sat in a professional development opportunity and wondered, how is this supposed to make me a better leader? How does this help my team to be a more efficient team? Yeah, I've been there. And it's painful you know sometimes professional development for leaders needs to be about being a better leader right now we're going through an incredible turnover with leaders all across the country and our leadership teams are going to have a very different makeup as we go into next school year well what if you could take a step in the summer to get your leadership team ready to go i mean ready to come out of the gates Everybody on the same page, everybody with the same core values, with the same goals, with the same plan. That's high performance leadership teams from Road to Awesome. I've created this two day intensive workshop, which is fully customized for each leadership team that I'm working with to help you put your team in a position where they can be the absolute most successful possible. When our leadership teams are performing at a high level, that trickles down. That means our teachers, all of our staff are performing at a high level. And ultimately, that means that our kids are performing at a high level. But folks, it all begins with leadership. It's one of the most important investments you can make, getting your leadership team all on the same page. So let's connect. Reach out to me. Email me at darrenmpeppard at roadtoawesome.net. That's Darren M. Peppard at RoadToAwesome.net. Let's have a conversation about what we can do together to get your leadership team performing at a high level. Get your school on the road to awesome. Now, enjoy this interview with Rob Breyer. All right, Rob, thank you so much for joining me on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Um, Definitely... Uh, excited about this conversation with you today. And I, I know you've got some
1: great insight and so forth to to share with the listeners. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here, Darren. It's a, It's been a pleasure just getting to know you over the past couple of years. And uh, I'm excited to be on the show and get a chance to talk to you about just some of the great things happening in education today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I guess for maybe for some transparency sake, um, Rob and I have known each other for uh, probably close to two years, um, yeah. getting to know each other first through the Teach Better Mastermind. Um, obviously, we work together on your book, Taking the Leap, a field guide for aspiring school leaders. And we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, in a little bit. But like so many, um, Rob is one of those people I've gotten to know really, really well, through my camera. I have yet to spend any time with Rob in person, but eventually, man, that's going to happen.
1: We're going to make that happen in the very near future. I'm promising you like we'll find a way If I have to come to, to Nebraska, I'll make that happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, I, I guess I just need to start doing some work in, uh, uh, in North, North Carolina. Carolina speaking. Yeah. Speaking at some conferences or Working with some schools or something like that, so you know, all things with time, right? So well, I'm working on that for you, so don't worry, we'll get you here sooner or later. Ah, right on, man! I love that, love that. I uh, definitely would be uh, be excited about going and and spending some time in North Carolina. Just you know, Rob and I were talking before about, uh, about the weather. And it's the day we're recording this, it's, um, I don't know, 11 degrees here in Omaha and it's lightly snowing. And I think Robbie said it's what, 78 degrees right now?
1: 78 with a little bit of mist, but you know, we can live with that. Yeah.
0: I'm not going to complain about a little bit of mist. If
1: I could have (laughs) 78 degrees today, that is (laughs) absolutely,
0: absolutely true, man. So, so for, for my listeners, uh, that maybe don't know who who you are don't know um, a lot about you know you as well as I do maybe just share a little bit of kind of your background maybe your origin story um, if you will um, that that puts you in the chair you're sitting in today
1: wow so my journey into leadership has been a long one of just lots of twists and turns and a lot of bumps in the road um it wasn't that nice straight easy path. I, of course I'm one of those people who takes that pass, path of great resistance and learns along the journey. So um I went to college and up in King's College in Pennsylvania and I went to school for education and I took a minor in computer science and when I graduated um, I was offered a job in the computer science field and I went into that and I did that for about seven or eight years Um, and it was focused just on building high-speed fiber optic networks and uh, mainframe support and doing stuff like that and that market crashed and I was like gosh what am I going to do you know like I don't want to keep going through this and having to find new jobs every year and I had a degree in elementary education and I moved down south here to North Carolina from Pennsylvania and I remember I was I wrote up resumes got everything all put together and I was going to go out and do some interviews and I was just going to pop in at schools and meet the principals. And I went to get a haircut. And as I'm getting a haircut, the lady's like, so, you know, what are you doing down here? You know, I, you know, said you're from Pennsylvania. And I said, I'm looking to get a teaching job. And she's like, she looks at the other lady next to us, looks back at me and goes, what do you want to teach? I was like, I'd love to teach third grade, third, fourth or fifth. Like that would be my wheelhouse. I think I would do really well there. She looks back at this other lady and I'm like, why do they keep looking at each other? I'm really confused at this point. <laughs> and she's like, Well, where what schools are you going to interview at? And I, I gave her the list of schools and she looks back at this other lady and the old lady goes, I need to get your name and information. My daughter's the principal at the school over here. No and she's way. like, She was oh, love so to have cool. you. She, and she's like, I know she has a position open. And so as I'm sitting in the chair I get my hair cut, she goes and calls her daughter. And she says, She wants to meet with you tomorrow morning at eight AM. I drive on over, sit and talk with her. And lo and behold, she didn't have a job, but her friend down at school right down the road had a fifth grade teaching position open. And it's February, you know, and I'm like, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take it, you know. And I went and got into this classroom and it, he warned me. He's like, it is a tough class. They made the previous teacher. Uh, she she left mid-year and I got in there and I just fell in love with teaching and I was really into it. And I kind of just was working through. I taught fifth grade for five years and I taught third grade for two and every principal I ever had was always like, Rob, you need to go into into school administration. Like we need leaders who are going to advocate for teachers and really kind of be that support that they need. And I was always like, you know, like, oh, you know, I can't afford it right now. It's tough moving from, you know, a technology salary to a teaching salary. I don't have the money to go to college. And I remember one day, uh, Dr. Belvia Williams goes to me, she's like, you have a meeting at central office tomorrow at at 3.30 in the afternoon. Okay. I go over there and I walk in. There's like a room of like 25 people in this room. And as I'm sitting there listening, there's something that they had the Race to the Top grant. And through the Race to the Top grant, all the counties in the Sandhills region, North Carolina, decided to put together a leadership cohort. And what it would do is it would take teachers and help them transition to become school principals. And basically the idea was that you would be placed in a school with a principal and you'd be a principal intern and shadow them for the whole school year. And every Wednesday, we'd have to go into a classroom, like a classroom environment. And that's where we would get all the courses that we needed to become school principals. It was an amazing experience. Um, I didn't think I would get selected because they were only selecting a few from each area. And I was one of the three that was selected from my area. I went, interviewed, and they were going to narrow it down. There was probably 72 people in the room, and they were going to narrow it down to 20. Lo and behold, I got a phone call saying, you've been accepted to this program, and I went there. And from there, I went, and I was a high school assistant principal for a year. I was an elementary school assistant principal for four years, and then I became an elementary school principal now for the past six. And right now, that's my current position. It's what I've been doing, and that is really where my passion is. Um, I love elementary school. I love to really kind of get in there and... I just loved what watch that light bulb moment with those kids and see them as they're getting these concepts that, you know, like watching them struggle for that little bit of time. And then when you see them get it and how excited they are about getting it, they still have that passion and that love for, for learning at this moment. so for me, that, that drives me, that's what pushes me every day and makes me want to do this job. It's
0: a pretty great origin story. Um, quick, quick sidebar on that one. Um, you know, what a really Innovative and, and forward thinking um, decision by by the by the group to use that race to the top money to grow your own with with educational leaders. We'll, we'll talk a bit more about that um, that looming uh, shortage in not not just in the classroom but in but in the leadership roles right now in education. But uh, definitely a really unique origin story. Um, actually, this week's blog post uh, that I'm releasing um, is is titled Origin Story. And you know we oh, all right. have this very unique way uh, in which we ended up, you know, um, with a calling in education. Um, you know, it was one thing for you to say, hey, you know, this opportunity with fiber optic networks, you know, hey, that's you know, that's an opportunity. But you know, I mean, clearly, when you know, when, when your future comes down to because you've got a haircut. Um, <laughs> you know clearly clearly this was a calling for you
1: and it did it just set the path and like people i I, people talk to me all the time and they're like rob you had to make a lot more money in that industry and i was like i did i i made a very good salary you know at 25 years old at 25 years old i was making more than i am now at 46 um and you know and i've been in this industry now for what this is my 16th year and it's really amusing to me, but it's, it's not about the money. Like when people talk about, like, we're here for the passion of what we do and to make that difference. It, for me, it's true. Um, you know, I, when I hear other people in this industry concerned about the conditions or the, the what we're having to deal with as educators, I remind them that it's a whole lot different out there in the, in the business world. You know, like when you go home here, your kids go home. Yeah. You're doing work at night, but your phone's not ringing all night long. You're not answering phone calls in foreign countries at two, three o'clock in the morning, because that's when they're working. And there's a lot of benefits to what we do. Um, yeah, we work seven days a week and we're 24 hours because that's what we do, but we do as a service. It's not what's expected of us. Um, we do it because this is what we do for children in business. It's completely different. You have to be available seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and you have to be ready to go at a moment's notice. So there is a difference. Um, But here you get to see the difference you're making in the world. In the business end, you're just a a part and you're sending a product out and putting it out into the world that makes a difference, but you don't really get to experience it. When you're an educator, you got that hands-on opportunity to really work with somebody to help shape them and really help to build that love of learning. And you get to see it and you get to see the fruit of your labor every single day that you're inside of a school. And that's what's important.
0: Yeah, I think... I think that's something that gets overlooked. Um, we, uh, I was, I was speaking at a school in Wyoming earlier this week, and one of the things that that I talked about with them is kind of how education is like Chinese bamboo. You know, with with Chinese bamboo, it's you know, it's four full years before you see anything from that plant, and then you know, boom, in six weeks, the thing grows eighty feet in height. It's a lot like what we do in education. You put in all of this work and all of this work and all of this work, you're pouring into this little human being that you want to help be a better, bigger human being by the end of, by the end of the school year, into their time in your school, whatever the case may be. And we, we sometimes forget about that, that it does take some time. So, so let me ask you this, this is kind of putting you on the spot. We didn't talk about this one in advance, but, but thinking about that, thinking about the, you know, you put in the fruits of your labors and then down the road, maybe there's, you know, one of those bamboo kind of stories. Is there, is there one maybe that, that jumps into your head of, you know, a kid that you, you poured a lot into and you didn't, you didn't see the, the thank you or the, you know, the payoff somewhere until quite a ways down the road. Is, is there a story like that that you have?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, and I can see that this young man, like perfectly. And like, I didn't like high school when I was there because, you know, like I felt like in that role, I spent so much time dealing with discipline and really not being able to build the type of relationship with kids I really wanted to build. And it's high school is different. They come in, they already have their own personalities and they have their mindsets already going. And you don't see, like you said, that fruit of your labor for quite some time. And I remember this young man, and I was working with him. He was a sophomore in high school. And I remember, like, nice kid. Talked to me every day. And he, When he saw me out in the courtyard, would always come up and talk to me at lunch and stuff. Got into some fights. He got caught for doing some things they shouldn't have been doing. And I remember this one time he got caught doing something he wasn't supposed to. And I remember going to court for him. And I was sitting in court. His own parents didn't show up to court. And, you know, like it was tough and I sat there and I, and I said like, listen, I know this young man. He's a good young man. He's trying his hardest. He's working. And I had to kind of just testify on his behalf. And that was it. Like I left that moment. I left the court, went back on my normal life, finished out that year. It was three years, uh, four years later, because at this point i uh, spent my first day as a principal uh, in the, in our district. And we were at a summer retreat for, for our school leadership and we go to this big hotel and it's actually well it's a restaurant but it's also attached to a retirement community here in Pinehurst North Carolina and I'm walking through and next thing you know I see this young man come running out of the kitchen and just runs over and gives me a big hug and he's like Mr. Breyer he's like I can't believe it's you like what are you doing here and he's like and I was like what are you doing and he's like he's like Man, after I got done high school, he's like, uh, I took your advice. I took the cooking classes and I got into community college and I went and got uh, my degree. Like I got an associate's degree in learning how to be a cook, a chef. I was like, wait, you, you got awesome. your culinary degree? And he's like, yeah. And he was telling me, he actually remembered, he's like, you were the only person who showed up for me at court. He's like, when everybody else was giving up on me, he's like, you were still there. You still had my back at that moment. And he's like, no matter the stuff that I did, he's like, you were always there. He's like, even when you would come back and I'd see you around the campus, like at at the high school, he's like, you always took time to talk to me, always checked on me to see how I was doing. He's like, that meant more than you'll ever know. And that's when it hits you, you know, like that's when I realized like high school, you don't get that same instant gratification like you do in an elementary, but man, when you see these kids out in public and you see these kids as they become young men and they become just different people it's just so neat to have those conversations and see, and you don't realize the impact you had on them until you, you get to that moment. And it, it's really an amazing feeling. And yeah, it gets me every time I talk about it. So.
0: That's a great story. I appreciate you sharing that one. Um, you know, this is, I, I know I'm kind of squirreling off of topic and we will come back. I promise. But, um, these are the stories that educators need to be telling right now. You know, yeah. um, I, I, There's so many things that are, you know, being thrown at education by people who aren't educators. You know, I mean, I would imagine at least once this year, Rob, you've had somebody who told you how to do your job, but certainly they don't want to do your job, you know? And and that's true, I think, for every educator right now. Everybody knows how to do your job. They're going to tell you how you should be doing your job, but they certainly don't want to do your job. And the truth is they don't know how to do your job. But... You know, when when those are the stories that are being shared and, and you put a, a student, a child as the centerpiece of that story, how can you not say educators are making a difference? You know, how can you oh, not absolutely. say educators are worth their weight in gold when, you know, when you when you tell stories like that? So just it was a total, total chase of a squirrel, um, but absolutely worth worth going off script. I told you we weren't going to be on script anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so let's, so let's talk a little bit more, um, in the leadership space specifically. And I know, I'm sure it's happening in North Carolina. I know it's happening, um, in Omaha, in Colorado, where I used to be in Wyoming, where I used to be, where there's a lot of turnover in the leadership ranks, you know, whether (laughs) that's, you know, superintendents, principals, whatever that are, they're saying, Hey, you know, this looks like a good time to retire or districts are offering really large incentives to have people retire because, you know, they're going to have some budget shortfalls, whatever the case may be. We, we are seeing this, this big gap in leadership. Is is that what you're seeing when, when you're speaking with folks in, not just in North Carolina, you talk with people all over the country.
1: It, It is. Um, it's amazing to hear, um, You know, one of the first people I started coaching uh, was a young lady up in New York, and she was a teacher and wanted to become a school assistant principal, and we worked for some time and just doing some coaching, and lo and behold, she ended up becoming a high school assistant principal and has been doing it for the past couple years, and you know, I recently had the privilege of having a conversation with her and just to kind of check up on and see where she was at. And she's now moving into the principal, uh, looking to move into the principal role, getting in, but she was talking to me about how there's just been so much change in her district up in New York and she's seeing superintendents retiring. And so there's just so many shifts where people are retiring and people are moving up and it's opening up more and creating more opportunities. And so like, talking to people in Arizona, talking to people in Texas and uh, Virginia, you're hearing about all these people who are finding opportunities to leave uh, what we're doing and taking that early retirement, or maybe they're finding other opportunities, but it's opening up and it's allowing others to shift and move up in this profession. And if you're a teacher right now, who's been considering getting into leadership, now is the time because there are jobs opening up because as those principal positions open, Those assistant principals, they're ready. They've been training for this for so long. They're moving up in that principal position, which is going to open up a lot of AP positions in the future. And if you really want to get into school leadership, now's the time to take that step. Take that leap into this and really start looking at, how do I get into one of these positions?
0: And so, obviously, this is an area that um, is definitely a strength of yours. You you mentioned um, coaching. Uh, somebody who is an aspiring leader in, in New York. I know you've done this with, with people all over the place. And if you're looking for someone to coach you through this process, Rob is your guy. I'll have his contact information in uh, in the show notes. But he's not just the expert in terms of he coaches you. Rob literally wrote the book on how you take the leap from classroom teacher to AP or principal or AP up to principal or whatever the case may be making that leap. So taking the leap a field guide for af- aspiring school leaders. Rob talk a little bit about that and how how does someone
1: utilize that book to best prepare them. So really like what it <laughs> what that book came from it, to me was more like a virtual coaching opportunity, you know, like I wanted to kind of walk you through what we were doing in the coaching world to help people who were looking to transition from teachers into uh, school administrators. And for me, it's really understanding what leadership is and what your leadership style looks like. Um, What kind of leader do you want to be? And then it's understanding how do I become, how do I get the skills? Because it's the thing you hear from, you know, people who are looking to get into school leadership is they go in, they want somebody with experience. They want somebody who, who's been doing these different things. How do I get experience when I'm a classroom teacher? And so in the book, you're going to find just strategies and ideas and, and honestly people to talk to and the questions to ask about how do I get these experiences? What do I need to know about these different things? For example, um, what is the school administrator's role in an EC or um, we call it exceptional children here in North Carolina. But when you're in an IEP meeting, how do you, what is their role? What is the expectations of an AP versus a principal? And knowing who to talk to and who to ask those questions to. And then it's really about preparing for an interview. Um, in the book, you're gonna find sample questions. You're gonna find ideas um, to really think about how do I wanna answer these type of questions? And then within the book, you're going to find all kinds of school leaders who give you their insights and their strategies and the things that they do to prepare for interviews. The book has so much value – if you were looking to take that leap into school administration, it's going to walk you through getting to know yourself as a school leader to understanding what are the steps to go and prepare yourself as a school leader, and then really taking that step to get that that knowledge of what's an interview going to be like and what do I need to do so I can go in there and nail that interview so I can become a school leader.
0: Absolutely. And, and you know, you mentioned that... Um, there, there are tips in there from actual school leaders, and it's not just a—it's not just some school leaders. It's like a who's who of school. Oh, leaders. Absolutely. There's Some incredible, incredible individuals who wrote uh, small vignettes for taking the leap. It's truly a powerful book, and I think it's something that everyone, even even if you're not like pursuing that first position. You know, even if, let's say, you know, myself, so I've been an AP, I've been a principal, I've been a superintendent. If I wanted to apply for a high school principal position, you know, for next year, honestly, folks, I would go right to that book Um, because, you know, some of the things Rob, Rob didn't touch on was like, how do you go through and analyze and plan around the data that you can find from that school? I mean, let, let's be honest. If, if you go in and you interview for an AP or a principal job, and they don't ask you about data, you might wonder if you even want to work there because <laughs> not the not the data is everything, right, Rob? But absolutely, but they're going to ask you about data. They're going to ask you about you know how you are going to perform as an instructional leader. So I think that's one of those pieces in this book that, as somebody who's not super strong on the data side, um, to
1: me that was one of the more powerful takeaways. You know, one of the best compliments I got was from a veteran school leader who said that they got so into the book and they they found themselves doing just the different exercises and activities within the book and really reflecting on their own leadership style. Not that they were planning on interviewing, but really taking a step back and looking at, you know, what is my leadership style? What do I believe in? What do I value? And is the work I'm currently doing aligning to what I value? And how do I go back and really kind of refocus on... Some of the things that I wanted to do from the beginning that maybe I got so wrapped up in all the other things of being a school administrator that I kind of need to get back to. And that was a really great compliment to hear because, I mean, this is a really esteemed colleague who I really have a lot of admiration for. And to hear that he's doing this with the book really meant a lot. But then I've gotten so much feedback from just different people out there who were like, hey, I just want to say thank you for writing this book. This book has really been a big help um your strategies and ideas have really helped me to as i prepare for school leadership roles and to be honest with you um i have found myself going back and using the book and going through the activities and reflecting on it because we as as a school leader you're always looking to get better you're always looking to improve on your skills because the better we get the better our teachers get which means the better our students do and that's the most important thing and this book it doesn't matter where you are in your journey there's something in this book that can help everybody.
0: Absolutely folks. It's,
1: it's a fantastic book and we'll put
0: links in the show notes uh, so you can go and get that. Um, you can get it on, on our website and get it on Amazon and get it on Rob's website. Um, I'm, I know on Rob's website, you can get the uh, autographed copy, um, yes. which is worth its weight in gold to have Rob's <laughs> autograph on it. It really is. So um, we'll make sure that those links are in the show notes so you can go and grab a copy because well, let's be honest. I mean, it's, When you and I are doing this interview, it's late February. Um, This this will probably air in early March. It's it's go time right now. Oh, absolutely! Now is the time when if you are looking to take the leap or you're looking to leap to the next leadership role,
1: those jobs are opening up, right? I mean it's it's time to start thinking about that. It is. And, you know, uh, you got districts right now who are offering incentives for teachers who are looking to move. You got they're offering sign on bonuses for school administrators. Now is the time. I mean, if you were looking to really get into this profession as a school school administrator, now's the time to do it. Take the chance. Take that leap. Get out there and, and just go for it. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So, so I gotta, I gotta, I gotta ask you this. And, and so we you know, we want people to get out there, take the lead, get after it, you know, go and go and grab that, that next position or that first school leadership position. When you get into that school leadership position, I'll tell you what, if I, if I could give myself one piece of advice, looking back, I, I could probably give myself a dozen, but, but from the perspective I currently sit in, um, you know, I, I would say, man, get a journal because there are so many stories, so many things that occur. Oh, yeah. As a school leader, you were, you were sharing one. I won't ask you to share it on, on the air, but you were sharing just from today alone. And, you know, thinking back on, you know, the 15, 16 years that I was a school and, and district level leader, every day there was something and something that, that makes a great story or that, that you just sit back and you laugh. So, Give me one. Give me one from your time as a school leader that that people are going to say you got to be kidding me or or that maybe just touches the heart wherever you want to go with it.
1: Wow, that's a great question. So, you know. Let's first the piece of advice that I would give myself as a school leader coming in is you got to get over yourself and realize that people aren't always going to agree with you or they are not always going to like everything you say. Yeah. And that is the hardest thing because I remember coming in and like, I can't walk into a school where, you know, I was told like the morale was low, the culture needed rebuilding. And, and that's something I, I feel that is a strength of mine. But when you come into that situation, like you're always trying to make people happy. You're trying to give them what they need and what they want because you want them to love being at that school, but that's not the answer. Um, You got to be okay with people not agreeing with you. You got to be okay with people being sometimes mad at the decisions that you're making. But if you share with them the why behind the decision and how it's going to impact our school positively, people tend to, yeah, they might still go away grumbling, but people are going to understand that, Hey, we're doing what's best for kids. And, the intention is there to help you. It's amazing how quickly they come back around, but you can't be afraid of making people angry. And that was a tough lesson to learn.
0: Yeah. It makes me think of a, a quote that I read. I think I saw this today, actually somebody had had shared a quote and it was something along the lines of pacifying
1: people is still lying to them. What <laughs> oh, like that? Cause that's true. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And gotta be straight- gotta be prepared you got to be prepared to have that tough conversation at times. And, and those, you know, the one of the best things you can do in those situations is prepare yourself. Like I I am that person. I sit down and I have a fake conversation on a piece of paper and in my head about what I think that conversation is going to be like, because when I get into it, I don't want to get caught up in weeds and stuff like that. I want to go in with a plan. Here's what we're going to be talking about. And I lead that conversation down the path. Um, And I find that it ends up better like that. So that, that would be my piece of advice, but, you know, that feel-good story, um, you know, I've, and I have a lot of them, and especially in elementary school because so many crazy things happen in elementary school. <laughs> but uh, probably my favorite is this year they did uh, Twin Day. You know, the kids were supposed to dress like somebody they wanted to be their twin, and as I walked around this school and saw so many little Mr. Briars walking around the school <laughs> – it was the cool, you know, the kids are wearing bow ties and ties and they got their suit jackets on. And it was one of the, you know, and they had all, they all had the like the little beard painted on their face and stuff. It was <laughs> one of the coolest things because, you know, their teachers are who you would expect them to come in as because that's their class. They spend the most time with those people, but to see that the things that I've done here to build a rapport with our students and to build those relationships with our students and to see them coming and dressed up as me, it is a pretty cool thing. Um, And it's really an honor because it tells me that the work I'm doing is having an impact and that I'm not just, the guy here running the school, I'm a part of their life and I'm a part, I'm that person that they know that they can rely on and, and put trust in. And I just think that's a really cool thing. And the more you're in classrooms, the more you're around the kids, the more you take time to invest in your students, the better that relationship is going to be. So that's my feel story. I love it. I love it. I mean, th- th- the bottom line
0: is, and you know, you, I think you hit it really well right there. Um, leadership is about relationships. And if you're not willing to invest in the relationships and continue to invest in the relationships, you know, you can't, you can't be a leader if you don't have people following you. Right. And they only follow you with a relationship. So absolutely. All right. So here we go. The money question, you know, everybody on leaning, leaning into leadership podcasts get hit with the exact same question. So Rob, how are you leaning into leadership right now?
1: Wow. So my, my my strategy for leaning into leadership right now is, um, I, and I can't lie, if you would have asked me this six months ago, it would have been, I am surviving. Um, I'm doing everything I can to keep my head above water. But, you know, things are starting to relax and I'm starting to find that groove again. Um, you know, COVID, leading during a crisis is like one of the hardest things and uh, which is like one of my favorite quotes, but it is in a moment of crisis reaction set the leaders apart from the followers, and I think that's true. It's how we react to things, and it sets the tone for your school. And I won't lie; you know, even after six years of doing this job, like I still struggled. Um, COVID was new for all of us. It, it, it offered so many new challenges, but we learned and we navigated, and we and we learned how to get through the situation. And so now I'm leading back into my own leadership, and I'm really kind of investing in my own my own leadership. And I'm, I'm, I'm reading constantly. Um, and I'm reading a lot of books on leadership, and the one I'm reading right now is uh, "Leadership and Self Deception: uh, Getting Out of the Box" by Abinger, by the Abinger Institute. Yeah, and it's a, it, it is blowing my book. mind. It is a really good book, and so you know, and I think that's sometimes we get so stuck in reading books in our field, you know, reading the school leadership books and lot, but there's so many great leadership books that are talking about industry. And then taking those concepts and putting them back into the work that we're doing, having those conversations um, and understanding that sometimes when we think we're thinking outside the box, we're really stuck inside a different box that we just don't realize. And how do we work our way out of that if we want to continue to grow and keep getting better? So this is a great book. I highly recommend everybody check this one out. It, It is blowing my mind right now. Yeah,
0: you know, it's interesting you bring that one up. Um, One of my uh, former assistant principals shared a copy of that book with me a number of years ago, and uh, um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm like at a loss for words thinking about that book because it really changes how you look at leadership in general, but then also at your own leadership. And I mean, just like you talked about, you know, shifting the paradigm from, um, I think I'm outside the box to actually, I'm just in a different box. Um, just, just a fantastic read. So um, I appreciate you
1: sharing that. That one's, yeah, one's it's a, a great one. book. So, um, but you know, I think it's important, you know, you asked me, what am I doing to invest in myself as a leader? And that's how I'm building my leadership is you're constantly reading and constantly taking some, just some time to invest in yourself. We always want to keep growing. And I think the worst thing we can do as a school leader is just be comfortable with where we're at. Um, I think you got to continuously keep pushing yourself. Uh, one of my mentors always talks about, you got to want to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And if you, mm-hmm. if you, once you get comfortable and then things just become easy, you're not being effective anymore. You got to keep pushing forward and you got to keep making those changes. And so that's, that's my best advice. And I, I just, that's something I keep in my heart every single day is got to keep getting better. Yeah.
0: No, I think that's awesome, man. thanks so much. Um, again, man, i I really appreciate you being on the podcast and sharing just some incredible insight with uh, with folks um, on, oh man, everything from uh, from what you're reading to, you know, ways to go out and pursue that that next position, um, really making a difference. and of course, sharing some really great stories. I really appreciate that. So thank you again,
1: Rob, for being on the leading and leadership podcast. Hey, thank you so much, Darren, and to, you know, everybody listening, you know, don't be afraid of that challenge. Get out there, take that next step, push yourself, and see what happens. Um, You might find that you truly love being a school leader.
0: There you go. Time to take the leap.
1: Absolutely. Get out there and do it.
0: I really hope you enjoyed listening to Rob Breyer. Uh, What a talented individual and just somebody who really, really gets it, and I appreciate that. Rob has his heart right in that place where he wants to help other aspiring administrators take that leap to the next level. So a big thank you to Rob for being a part of the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Um, All of his contact information, um, how to buy his book, everything you could need to know about Rob Breyer is down there in the show notes. So make sure that uh, you take a look at those show notes and reach out and connect with Rob. If you are Somebody who's considering taking the leap or you are leaping from one position into another, check out his work. It is truly, truly impactful work. All right, and now it's time for a pep talk. Earlier this week, as I was wrapping up my workout, I had a conversation with one of the employees who works at the gym where I go and work out. And the conversation really was kind of focused around what we can do to Continue to get ourselves moving forward when we are stuck. This young lady really felt stuck. She graduated from college. Didn't really know where she wanted to go from there. So the degree she had, yeah, she could go get a job there. Or she has this passion for music. Which direction do I go? And she was kind of suffering, honestly, from that whole analysis paralysis thing. She was overthinking everything. She told me during the conversation that she just wants to be able to make a difference in the world. And that day I was wearing my Positive Impact t-shirt, which actually is what started the conversation. And I told her, I said, you know, here's the thing. Each and every one of us has the, has the ability to change the world. But you don't change the world overnight. You change the world one conversation at a time. And I felt in that moment that the conversation that she and I were having was one of those conversations you know she shared with me hey you know some of the struggles that that I'm having I really appreciate what you told me because I think that's going to help me get moving forward and honestly hey as a motivational speaker when I get to have one-on-one conversations with people and they give me that kind of feedback and honestly I just get to talk to somebody and see them move forward folks it inspires me and it reignites me That's what's happening each and every day in our classrooms. When you are having conversations with students, whether you're a school leader, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a bus driver, it doesn't matter. When you're having those conversations, folks, you are leaving an impact on kids. You are changing the world one conversation at a time. That is what it's all about. All right, get out there, have a road to awesome week, I appreciate what each and every one of you do. Let's get this thing going, folks. You've got it. Have a Road to Awesome week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning into Leadership podcast brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy Leaning into Leadership.